As we embark on this exciting new year of authentic moments, we want to kick things off by reflecting on some thought-provoking highlights from the past three years. At the heart of our discussions has been the vital theme of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Its profound impact on conversations, on self-care, and why DEI is everyone's collective responsibility. So listen in on some key conversations we've had that remind us as we start the new year to celebrate our unique differences. They are, in fact, what makes our team stronger. This segment of the episode delves into the enriching discussions that took place throughout the year, focusing on the importance of cultivating an environment rich in diversity and inclusion. Highlighting various voices and perspectives, we explored how diversity in race, gender, and abilities not only enhances our understanding, but also strengthens the fabric of our community. These conversations serve as a beacon guiding us towards a more inclusive future where everyone's unique background is valued and celebrated. I think the first thing I thought of is the idea of diversity of thought. Um, Coming from different generations, we kind of were brought up different ways and can bring all of that to the workplace to uh, work on projects and think about things differently, um, adjust from what has been done before. um, and, And I think also the opportunity to learn from each other. So uh, someone that is a baby boomer may be able to teach a Gen Z how to send a letter and vice versa, a Gen Z may be able to teach someone how to utilize social media. So I think those are some really good things, diversity of thought and cross uh, generational mentoring. Um, While it's Black Men and White Coast, obviously we have a, a focus on trying to get more black men into the field of medicine. Obviously, you know, that's 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 kind of the core of what we do based on the data you mentioned we started. But really, you know, we focus on trying to help people get on pathways for professional success, period. Um, primarily focusing on black men. I want kids to realize like, hey, get creative, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, not just kids, but parents, hey, get creative for your kids. Teachers, get creative for the kids. Because um, there's not enough out there, so all of them are going to see like Dr. Dale or Dr. You know Daniel, whoever, right? They're not going to see because mm-hmm. there's not enough out there. So you've got to get creative and think about it. And on our end, you know, we take up the responsibility of trying to help them see it. So you know, we work on getting mentors, we work on getting people in the communities, getting that exposure, the videos, things that sort. So we do our best to try to make sure they see it. But for those ones that can't see it, we need parents, family members, teachers, community members, pastors, barbers, everybody. We need them to help these kids visualize something great. Baseline, we're human. And that's the goal among our team is to see each person as an individual and as a human. And so it's like each person, disability or not, shows up in the world differently has different goals, has different passions, has different stressors, has different um, skills. Like they all bring something different to the table. So to isolate it down simply to the disability eliminates so much of who someone is as an individual. I don't think that's fair to them. Like I think that's such a partial part of the conversation when what I want 
us to do as a team and as part of our community is to care about each human individually and get to know them. What do you want to do? What are your goals? What are the things that uh, excite you? What are the things that make you afraid and, and actually push each person into their potential and also celebrate for celebrate them for who they are. And I think disability is part of that, but we can sometimes culturally, it's like we either don't talk about the disability at all, or we only talk about the disability. And both of those options does someone with a disability a disservice. In this part of the episode, we revisit moments where barriers were broken down to facilitate open, honest dialogues. Our guests and hosts engaged in no-holds-barred conversations, tackling complex and often challenging topics with courage and openness. These discussions underscored the power of communication and understanding diverse viewpoints and bridging gaps, demonstrating that when we speak, and listen with openness, growth, and learning flourish. Just being completely um, racially ambiguous, right? (laughs) Uh, The the what are you is that question all the time. And and, um, for the longest time, I think I thought of it kind of as a joke. If somebody was like, what are you? I'd be like, when I was younger, I'd be like, guess and bet you can't guess it right. And how many times does it take you to guess it? And they never did, you know? And then I think um, as I got older, it was like, this is how I identify myself, but why does it matter to you what I am? What does that do for you, right? Where am I helping you figure out how to treat me by putting me in a box? Is that, does it help you in some way? Um, Because letting you know doesn't change how I'm going, who I am, right? You're just now aware, but is that making you comfortable for some reason? So we find ourselves in these places where, you know, we are selfless, right? Like we're so giving of ourselves. And, but then when other people see that you have a need, they want to support you. And what do we say? Oh, no, I don't need it. It's okay. Don't worry about it, right? I'm so selfless. I don't need it. Um, or we or we deny that we have a need, right? That goes back to the, I'm hungry, but I don't eat. I'm tired, I don't sit down. So I deny that I even have a need because if anybody were to see me resting or sitting down, they would say I'm lazy or I'm just not connected or I'm not. So it's all of these extra definitions when in all actuality, when you need rest, you need to rest. The younger generations as well, they are more and more comfortable with tattoos. Mm-hmm. That's something that's much more of a norm. I think if you skew that data for how many adults have tattoos to how many of this younger age bracket have tattoos, it'd be even higher. Um, I know that when we were in office and I was seeing these um, providers face to face, they were excited about my tattoos and that I was showing them. Um, they're like, oh yeah, I have one too. And you know, this is, that's important that they know that this is something that they can fully express themselves with. Don't have to hide that they don't have to compartmentalize themselves. Like, okay, now I have to go into my work self. I have to cover from here to here. 
no one can know that I like to express myself with art. <laughs> so right. I have to be the super professional individual now that they can be human, that they can humanize their care. You know, when you're interacting, I'm, I'm sure with doctors in our in our community that, you know, if I saw that my doctor had tattoos, I'd be like, that's awesome. And he could really, you know, we can relate on that level. That's something like mm -hmm. you want to have that representation too from your community. Right. Reflecting on Cone Health's dedicated efforts, this segment showcases how the Center for Health Equity has been instrumental in addressing and understanding the social determinants of health. Throughout the year, our episodes have illuminated the organization's commitment to equity, highlighting initiatives and stories that demonstrate a deep understanding of how health disparities impact communities. This journey reaffirms Cone Health's unwavering dedication to creating equitable health outcomes for all. You know, now we have strong evidence uh, that, there, that where you live or individuals where they live, uh, where you love and, you know, pray and play actually have a large effect on your health. Uh, in addition to so many other attributes uh, that would be traditionally considered important, um, such as diet, exercise, physical activities, uh, maybe some family history. But then your zip code now determines a lot about uh, how long you actually can live. And this reflects the rate of social, uh, like social vulnerability and disparities uh, with those social drivers, um, such as quality of food that is available where you live, housing, transportation, like broadband availability, education, employment, and so many other social drivers. Uh, this heavily influence the uh, what you just described as health equity, the fair and just opportunity to live as healthy as possible. It's every employee's job at every level to own diversity, equity, and inclusion. Understanding your biases, understanding how they may take you out of relationship with someone, understanding how to mitigate those biases, making sure that you are incorporating this into your job. Right. You're thinking about, hey, how am I respecting all people? How am I leaving this person? How am I responding in a way, whether it's through patient care or team, my teammate in a respectful way and with dignity? As we wrap up this year, let's remind ourselves that fostering diversity, inclusion and equity is a shared responsibility. Each one of us has a role to play in this ongoing journey by actively participating in open dialogues, advocating for equitable health practices, and embracing our diverse communities. We contribute to a more inclusive and understanding world. Let's carry this commitment forward, making a conscious effort to make a positive impact in every step we take. Thank you for listening to Authentic Moments. To hear more episodes and receive information about our diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts at Cone Health, click the link to visit our SharePoint site.